0: Welcome to PPR podcast number 85. Are, are we sponsored by the
1: Strike Force yet? No, because you didn't get the graphic up. So maybe next week. <laughs> you have a lot to do on this show. Put all
0: up the graphic. All right, so well, so but we are gonna be this is now the PPR podcast brought to you by the Strike Force. We'll have the logos up tomorrow. Uh, my name is Paul. His name is Bert. He's the star of this whole deal. <laughs> and uh, Bert, would you like to introduce the man on the hot seat? I would, Demetrius Sumler oh. from... Well, hang on oh. hang on a second, Demetrius, i got to start the clock on this so I can... Because uh, that's so important. Because i got to know where, where his best bites are. Alright. Alright, here we go, alright, so the clock is started. Hey Demetrius, how you doing? Doing well, how about yourself? Well, it was fortuitous that my dog's vet appointment coincide... Where were you doing in OB?
2: Uh, I was, uh, my wife was going to the chiropractor right next door to your vet, so... <laughs> worked out.
0: <laughs> Dude, I recognized you instantly, but I don't think you recognized me. There was like that moment of, I think I know that guy.
2: Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't forget Papa Pig's face. I'm, I'm watching you every Friday night in the fall. Come on now.
0: Well, um, it, it, uh, for those who don't know, you're, you graduated at Don what year? 2006. 2006. Yes. So describe your PPR experience. How did it um, go for
2: you? I loved it, you know, I was kind of kind of in between. I remember when PPR was just about 15 minutes when I was a freshman, sophomore, it was only about 15, 20 minutes at the end of the news and you guys only showed a couple games. And uh, by my senior year, you guys had the full hour long production and, and, uh, you know, we'd always watch it as the Dons. we go watch it as a team um, after the game. So, uh, I got some great memories about PPR, and I was always a goal of ours was to get on PPR on Friday night. Well, from what I recall
0: from that team, you were on a lot.
2: <laughs> I was. We had, we had a pretty good team, and uh, luckily Coach Doyle was giving me the ball a lot, so you guys want to talk to me every now and then. Demetrius,
1: yeah, what's it like? What's it like going back if you recruit a Cathedral right now, and seeing the exact same staff as when you played <laughs> <laughs> there?
2: It, it, it's amazing. I know. I know they're coaching them up the right way. I know they're telling them uh, the the same things that they were telling us. Um, but the, you know, they've always had a good good environment over there. They keep a lot of a lot of teachers and a lot of people at CC are people that went to the school, so very prideful about the school. Uh,
0: 2006 was that the year Lindley won the. Uh... Silver pitch no, hand? that
2: was the year Abraham
1: Muhizi won it that oh, year. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Elkhorn when- Valley. Yeah. Texler and all that. Yeah. yeah,
0: that was that was a good team. I mean, they, remember they ran that weird formation where he was like in punt formation. They, No one could block anybody. He just <laughs> ran around and, and just <laughs> threw the ball or ran the ball. Uh, let me ask the first hard-hitting question of this interview. Because this I'm sure you get it all the time from people who love the Aztecs. They want to know why. They're more local kids don't go to the Mesa. What do you say to that? Uh, not complaint, maybe maybe complaint, maybe request.
2: Absolutely, um, and and again, I, I do hear that all the time. Um, I actually felt that way before I started coaching here. Um, and what I'll say to that is, we recruit all the top players in San Diego. Um, now, a lot of the times, you know, we're we're com- competing and recruiting against them and some some other premier schools on the West Coast. Um, and I think there's a there's a variety of reasons. I think some kids they do want to get away from home and go enjoy that college experience. And so they make the decision um, to go do that. And I, I think the ones that see what we're doing at San Diego State and, and believe that'd be a good fit for them, they decide to stay here. So um just so you you know, so everyone knows it's always an emphasis to keep the best San Diego talent in San Diego. We recruit all those guys. Um, but unfortunately you can only take 25 guys a year. And depending on the situation you have on our team and what positions you need, body types, things like that, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out, sometimes it does. So it's always a primary goal of ours. Um, and we're always going to recruit San Diego, um, but but we can't take all of them.
1: So you like my follow this is one of my follow-up questions where you tell me to stay in flow? Yeah. So Demetrius, I was reading your old Colorado bio. You need to explain something to me. One of your hobbies was
2: roller skating <laughs> in the bio.
1: <laughs> Can you explain that to me? Is that still yeah, a hobby?
2: About- Oh yeah, I was I was a big roller skater uh, at <laughs> Roller Skate Land down in Chula Vista back back in my day growing up. Um haven't haven't probably roller skated maybe one time since high school that I roller skated, but I, I grew up. My parents were good good roller skaters and I grew up uh going to Roller Skate Land in Chula Vista. So that, that was that was that was fun for me.
0: All right, now this was oh, the sorry, qu- this is a qu- that was a good question, but this <laughs> is the question you should ask cuz we're talking about recruiting local kids. Last I checked, and Demetrius, you probably know this better than I do. There's still about 20 kids from the area on the team. In a perfect world, what should that number be? I mean, if you could recruit every kid in the area, you, you know, including the five stars, you know, imagine if Roderick Robinson stayed on the Mesa, you'd win a lot, win a lot of football games, would you not?
2: Absolutely, absolutely, and and, and again, that, that's the goal. Um, we try to recruit at, at an elite level. We try to recruit against. Some of the best teams on the West Coast, as far as actual number, um, I can't give you a percentage of what we want from San Diego because a lot of it depends on what we have on the team at the time. Um, for example, you know, we have a bunch I coach DBs. Right. A lot of our DBs, hey, we got a bunch of five, 10 shorter, quicker DBs. Well, maybe we need a longer DB. So we're going to recruit a longer DB. No matter where he's from, that's what we need at that time. Our, you know, we have an athletic quarterback. We want more of a pocket passer. So our look is going to be at more pocket passers. So uh, those types of things, as far as what we have on our team at the current moment, at those different positions, also kind of weighs heavy into what we're recruiting for that next year. Um, so there's, you know, there's been times, obviously, San Diego is known for great running backs, and uh, I won't say any names, but there were some great running backs the last couple of years that we didn't really recruit. And the reason was we already had about five running backs that were 5'10", 195 pounds. We already kind of felt that we had that same guy. So we are looking for a couple bigger guys. So, um, you know, there, there's a variety for, of reasons of why we do or don't recruit certain guys. At the end of the day, our goal is to get the best guys that fit what we're trying to do so we can win ball games.
1: So, Demis, do you, uh, do you recruit an area or just a certain position? So
2: yeah. So I have I have areas. So my primary areas are Arizona and uh, like the Inland Empire area, San Bernardino. Um, I obviously help out a lot with San Diego because I'm from here. I know a lot of high school coaches. Um, I know a lot of you know just a lot of people in the area being from here. So I help out a lot in those areas. But uh, my primary area is Inland Empire and in Arizona.
1: So when you're in say Arizona and and there's a great D lineman that you're recruiting, do you get the full slay of it? Or you have to go to your D line coach and say, show him the film, or is it just your judgment?
2: Yeah. So if I'm recruiting another position, I I just present the D line coach the information. He has to decide if we're going to recruit that kid and offer him a scholarship. If it's my position, if it's cornerback and me and the safety coach work hand in hand, if it's a defensive back, pretty much I kind of get free range. If I think the guy's good enough to play for us, I can make that decision.
0: All right. Uh, i reside in scottsdale i'm a three-star wide receiver from scottsdale high and you've just come to visit and uh, we're sitting down my family's in the living room recruit me demetrius how does it
2: work uh so really how it works first i try to find out what what that kid and what his family want you know so i want to find out what's going to be their best fit what are they looking for Are are you looking to go to university Great education, is there a particular major you're looking for? Um, Are you looking to go somewhere where you can play early? Are you looking to go to the NFL? So early in the process, I'm asking a lot of questions about what that student athlete and what his family is looking for when they make their decision. Um, And then from that point, I'll kind of cater and see, okay, this is what you want. This is how San Diego State could provide that. Um, so obviously the biggest big, biggest selling points on San Diego State are going to be location, right? There's not many cities more beautiful uh, and where you can have more fun than San Diego. Uh, I think we have a great uh, academic institution that, that's uh, continuing to rise. Um, and then obviously the, the success we've had on the football field and pretty much every kid wants to play in the NFL. And so we've had a great track record of winning games on the West Coast and we had a great track record of sending players to the next level. Um, so that, that that's usually kind of my my method to getting it done. So I want the academic education, but now you're
0: recruiting Bert Grossman, and Bert, your first question is going to be money. How much? You, what, what you got on that NIL right now? <laughs> so how do you deal with Bert? I'm an easy kid to recruit because I, I'm going to. I I, I want to have a, an education. Bert just wants to get
1: paid.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so yeah. So if you go there and say it's USC and you and USC has a 50 million dollar NIL war chest. Do you, do you just drop out of it at that point if the kid if that's what the kid really wants or do you? still well, you, pursue yeah, it? Yeah, if
2: if that's what's most important to him and he's going to go to the highest bidder, then we're going to be out of it. You know, so again, that's part of the, part of my job of finding that information. What's really important to him? Um, we're we're not. You know, Coach Hoke is taking a stance on so we're we're not going to be uh, getting into bidding wars in recruiting. Um, how we're trying to use NIL is to help our, our seniors, our guys that have already been here that have proven themselves. So uh, if we have NIL opportunities, we're going to give it to the guys that have been here, the junior seniors, that have, that have made some plays for us, that have done a good job. Uh, but we're not getting much into, into uh, bidding on players in, in the recruiting process. So that
0: means you're going to lose out on guys like Grossman, which is not necessarily a bad thing, I, I think for it the might culture, be. It's good, yeah, yeah, it's the much culture. better for the culture in the in the yeah. locker room. I think you you don't want Grossman anywhere near the program. But <laughs> I'm out roller skating. I don't even practice. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, but to me, but does that a limit? So does that narrow the focus as far as what athletes you? I mean, it goes back to our question about recruiting kids locally. I mean, some kids are are just going to be bigger than the, what the program could offer. If is is that a fair way of saying it? Yeah, I think
2: so. yeah. Absolutely. And that, and, and that happens. That's part of the deal. You know, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to need this amount to come there. Or, you know, I'm I may want this. If I come there, if we can't provide that, I'm not going to waste, you know, his time or my time kind of entertaining that if I know we can't make that happen. So, um, you know, still keep a positive relationship, right? Cause now the backside of this whole deal is the transfer portal, right? So now a lot of guys are okay. Hey, you know, go, go do that. Cause you think that's what's best for you right now, more power to you. Hope that works out. If that doesn't work out, and you want to come to a place where you can just play some football, you know? If if the opportunity's still available, maybe we can we can talk on, on the backside if, if it doesn't work out for you. But so, um, we, we're kind of stand stand firm where we stand right now.
1: So what do you what do you think on? I mean, with the NIL now and the transfer portal, I mean, what's more valuable in your opinion, a great coach or a great recruiter? Uh, on field coach. I mean, because it used to be, you know, I mean, back in my day, if you, you if you were a great recruiter, they didn't really care how good a coach you were, but.
2: Right. Okay. Right. Well, when you, when you get like you guys asked the question about the, the financial part of it in NIL, how good of a recruiter do you have to be if you're, if you're just paying them? Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause before the money was involved, it was about building relationships and getting to know a kid and him getting to know you and, and, and kind of building that relationship. Well, now if, if the kid's making this decision based off who's going to pay the most, it doesn't matter the kind of recruiter yards who has, who has the biggest bank backing them. Um, so again, we, we try to pride ourselves on the culture and what we do at San Diego State being a little different, uh, putting team first, toughness first. Um, so we tr- we try to pride ourselves on that. So we try to find guys that are going to fit that mold, right? Not, and not every kid's going to fit that mold. We understand that, but we believe that's how you sustain success. Um, is still the old core values of football of, of putting team first, um, you know, no no eye in team, um, and, and coming together to win ball games more than hey let's just piece together the best the, the, the best talent and pay the most we can and see, and see how that works out for us some guys that works for um, we couldn't play that game it, i don't think it will work for us here at san diego state
0: so what's your life like how many are you living out of a suitcase pretty much
2: <laughs> it depends on the time of year depends on the time of year um right now we're, we're in the office uh you know we're watching film recruiting watching last season figuring out how we can get better before spring ball um, so right now, you know, I'm able to be home on the weekends with my family. Um, it's a little more of a, of, of a normal schedule. Come April, we're on the road recruiting. That's when I'm out of a suitcase for about three to four weeks, um, going to high school, seeing kids, getting transcripts. Uh, summertime gets back to a little more normal. We're in the office during the week. We do camps on the weekend. Uh, and then once you get to the season, it's, it's go time and, and, and you're in here uh, pretty much all day.
0: So, do you allow yourself time to follow the news stories regarding PAC 12, this conference that? I mean, uh, you know, the program would, at least TV deal wise, I, I think if you were to move into the PAC 12 or whatever number it's going to be, that would that's a better TV package for you. Uh, you know, I, I think the big strike against the Mountain West is the TV deal. Um, do you allow yourself to follow those stories, or is that something that's, you know, so many pay grades above you that? What's the sense? Of yeah, I mean,
2: obviously we we hear about it, um, and it's a and it's and it's very, that's also a very important part of the recruiting process. So we got to know about that, right? Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about us going to the Pac-12 potentially, potentially even the Big 12. Um, so a lot of times in recruiting, kids want to play in those conferences. Um, so kids that, you know, could have been eliminated before because this kid said, hey, I'm only going to go to a power five program. Well, now we've the conversation where we say, hey, San Diego State may be going to a power five program here pretty soon. And you may be able to play in the, in the Pac-12 or the Big 12. So we do follow it. Um, obviously, way above my grade grade. I have no uh, right. input on that decision. Um, so, you know, whether it happens or not, I'm still got to make sure we can cover somebody at DB. But uh, def- definitely got to be aware of it, and be able to communicate it, because a lot of people want to talk about it.
1: Is there? I know this is. I know your area is Arizona Inland Empire, but is there a high priority uh, kid, twenty-four, class twenty-four in San Diego that you guys are like, we
2: well, need to get this guy? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I could share that. Right, I, I don't <laughs> I, share, but I, there sure is somebody, right? That. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I could share that. There, there's multiple. I'll put it this, yeah, put it that way. Yeah, there's multiple kids in San Diego that are priority. And that's actually what we're doing right now. We just finished the 23 signing class. Um, so these last ever since uh what was it last Wednesday, I think the first was signing day. We've really been hammering all the 2024's top prospects. We started in San Diego, so we watched a lot of the top prospects in San Diego. Then what we do is we go and we compare them versus the kids in the Inland Empire in Arizona and LA, Northern California, and see how they measure up, kind of create a board. Okay, this is one through 10, um, and then we start attacking it that way. So that's actually a, the process we're going through as we speak, um, that's actually what the rest of the staff is doing right now, we're watching, watching a lot of the top recruits in California, and San Diego and, and ranking them.
0: Uh, Demetrius, uh, just because it's past tense, I was watching, jo- I didn't know much about Josiah Cox from Lincoln until I went and saw him play and I saw this heat-seeking missile coming up and sticking his nose in, and I thought, wow, I don't know if that kid's good or not fundamentally, but I want him to play at my college. What are you looking for in a DB? Is Is it a kid that comes up and plays bigger than his body, or is there, are you staring at the, yeah, footwork and the hip work or
2: all of the above yeah so w- one of my mentors he gave it to me the most basic way you can you can give it to someone and he says to play DB you have to be the best athlete on the field right and so and all that's natural god-given ability so you have to have speed you have to have great change of direction you have to be willing to come up and tackle um, a lot of times great DBs if you're the most athletic player on your high school team or one of the most athletic players in your city you're probably going to play multiple positions are probably going to play multiple sports. Um, So those are really big deals for me when I'm looking at guys, obviously the size and speed. If we can verify those types of things, how tall, how fast is he, you know, the measurable things we can verify are also important, uh, important also. But the biggest thing is to me when I watch him, is he the best athlete on the field when I cut the film on? Is he returning kicks? Is he going playing wide out, going, making catches and making guys miss? Um, Is he playing DB and, and locking down the side of the field? Um, so just just the variety of being an overall athlete, I think is kind of the the, the biggest thing I'm looking for to play the position. I can teach you how to backpedal and do the other things, but are you are you an elite athlete?
0: So right there, using that description, you can... oh I
1: got my I got my follow.
0: I know I'm I'm gonna let you do it, right. but I'm just gonna say it, right there. I know who I I can think of a couple kids he might be talking about. I, I won't. Marcus uh,
1: Marcus Ratcliffe. Oh, you're talking about ahead. No, I'm talking about in 2024. I I, oh. I, I know a couple of kids that fit. Well, that this is what I hate about this is what I hate about college football. Now you can give a you can give a kid 12 million dollars, but you can't say his name on a podcast. That's what I hate about college. <laughs> well, football Well, I, I just don't want to get Demetrius
0: is doing us a favor. I don't want to get him in trouble. Oh no, I, no, I know it's the rule. Yeah, so yeah.
1: I mean, you brought up multiple sports. So what's your take on the seven on seven or multiple sports argument?
2: Yeah, I I think it's I don't think seven on seven is a terrible thing. I think it's good. I think. The, the game has gotten better as far as passing and catching, and guys have come in a little more prepared because of seven on seven. Um, but I'm still a big fan of competing in multiple sports in high school. Um, and that's usually one of my first questions when I go into a kid's high school. Um, you know, does he play basketball? Is he running track? Is he playing baseball? Because um, to me, you're working different muscle groups. Uh, and to me, that shows that you're truly a competitor, being able to go di- do different things and be good at different things. So um, I'm, I'm big, I, I would prefer, if you're asking, I would prefer a kid play multiple sports. He can play some seven on seven also, but I would I would much rather prefer a kid play multiple sports and I can cut on some basketball film and I can cut on some baseball film or some track film and, uh, and see him doing some other things also.
1: All right, let me, now, you know, I segue perfectly. So when you were at Skate World, what was your song that came on? Because Paul and I, would have been Locomotion, you remember? Do the the locomotion So what was your song that you
2: had, and then you got on there, and you did the back, and you did everything? I don't know. It was by Corrupt. By Corrupt, it was called We Can Freak It. Great song. Not a bad song, great song. And uh, that that was my go-to right there. Anybody that was going to roller skate land back then, um, they'll tell you about that song. Can you still roller skate? No, it's been. I probably have one time in the last fifteen years. So my dad still does all the time, actually. But no kidding. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a he's a big time roller skater.
0: Well, then that begs the question because when I met you, you looked like you were still in plain shape. for For a hundred thousand dollars, could you play a half of high school football?
2: Absolutely not. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> God, yeah. I mean, you could. You don't think you. You, well, you, you, put, you put the ball down inside the 15 yard line. I could probably get it in there. But uh, to, to play a whole half, I don't think I could do it at this point. <laughs> well, listen,
1: I'm pretty sure I still can. And I'm like 20 years older than him. It depends on the team, though. I'm not, you know, if it's like Roderick, I'm not playing him. Yeah. Would, yeah you would, you want, would you want to tackle Roderick? I could do eight man, I bet. I could play eight. What posi- man. I mean, what
2: position, what position are we talking here? I mean, are you, well, yeah, that's true. Well, too, you, yeah. you,
0: you, I assume you played, uh, I know you were a running back, but did you play DB yeah. as well as in well high school?
2: Uh, not much. Probably JV was the last. All thing right. So mm-hmm. then you're a
0: running back. Could you, car- could yep. you, could you uh, carry the football for 20 times in a high school game?
2: No, I could give you probably a good five, good five carries is all I got left.
0: Really? Yeah. Well, it, it, it brings up the question because you went to Colorado, right?
2: Yes, sir. You were a yes. Buffalo.
0: Uh, big things happening in Boulder. It's a Boulder, right? Yeah. Well, do yeah. uh, <laughs> you keep your ear to the wall there? I mean what what a oh, yeah. primetime prime call would you go
2: uh no this is home for me san diego is home you know I, I love being here my family's here i met my wife here um so obviously colorado's my alma mater um uh, but but san diego's home I, I, I love being being in my hometown being able to be close to my family being able to recruit kids and, and try to get kids in san diego to stay in san diego so this is where my heart's at will he be successful there uh he has a chance i can't i can't give you a yes or no i know that's a pretty watered down answer um he's going to get good talent i think he's hired good coaches um but i think he's going to be playing to get some elite talent also um so it, it'll take a couple years jury's out
0: it brings up the great coach versus great recruiter thing because i think prime time would everyone would acknowledge is a great recruiter right great recruiter absolutely but is he a great coach but he
2: hires we're, great coaches we're gonna we're gonna find that out because when when talents equal now, now we're going to see uh, who, who's better at the X's and O's or who has the better culture, right? That's another important part of it.
1: Because you wonder his last game, his bowl game, he lost and he had about a whole lot more talent than the other team and still lost.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, because so I, I assume that somewhere on the road, recruiting road, you will encounter him or somebody from his staff, right? I mean, you're going to go after some of
2: the kids that he's going to go after, right? absolutely absolutely head coaches don't go on the road too much it's very like, that's select- what i'm saying someone from the yeah, staff you're guys, gonna counter yeah some guys from your staff I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll probably see out there we'll be competing for some guys
1: holy bowl i want to talk about the holy was the holy what was your record in the holy bowl while you were at cathedral i was two and two we were two two. we were even two and two and was it marion catholic then or was it modern day it was marion no, Marian. holy bowl
2: was cathedral saints No, i mean, but I mean no, but was home. the
1: other catholic school marion then or was Mar- it? Mar- yeah it was marion back still, then we never played
2: marion when i was when i was in school though not at all. Well,
1: they were they were so much smaller than
0: you were.
2: Yeah, they were. Uh, no, actually, they we ever stand a division. They were both Division three, but we kept matching up with Saints in the playoffs, and then awesome. they played Saints in the in the CIF. So we never we never played them my my time in high school. So
0: you never saw Patrick uh, PT Gates on the field,
2: huh? Grew, grew up with PT Gates, so I saw him in Pop Warner youth football. I know PT well. Um, Fortunately, we didn't have to see him in, in high school.
0: You know, I get in trouble with folks because I, I still to this day, I, I, I know he had his uh, issues after uh, high school, but I still say pound for pound. And I saw Reggie and I saw Roderick play pound for pound. That kid was one of the toughest kids I've ever sat and watched. I, I mean, he he would he asked no quarter, gave no quarter, and he was fast as hell.
2: I tell the I, t- I tell the legend of, the legend of PT Gates. Uh, still, still reigns in my mind, and I, I tell my kids about people like P.T. Gates, my players. I'm, I'm talking, um, and I and I tell stories. He actually almost came to Colorado with me. I hosted him on a visit when he came out of junior college, and uh, he was actually going to come to Colorado with me also. So, uh, I remember how talented he was. He, he was one of the best high school players. I Ever. tell people all the time. He was doing that flip yeah. probably before Reggie Bush. He was doing that flip into the end zone. So, yeah. that's a that's a legend right there.
1: Him and Salonese, remember Salonese? Yeah,
2: quarterback. I, I,
0: I remember, uh, I think I had to pay Pete Gates 40 bucks to come to the gala. <laughs> Back then, that was a big expenditure for me. 40 bucks. Like, that's a but, violation. I, I know, that was NIL. Before First NIL. Before NIL, yeah.
2: <laughs> that's a violation.
1: Did you guys negotiate, or he no, just no, gave the number I, and you paid? I,
0: I think his brother shook me down, or somebody went in his posse. <laughs> Said, well, we need 40 bucks for transportation. <laughs> but, uh, well, I'll come and get you. No, no, we need the 40 bucks. Uh, 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 I haven't That's seen him in nice. forever. I, I hope he's doing well. I, I always had great respect for him.
2: Yeah, I've seen him a couple years ago. He seemed like he was doing well. He's got some kids now. He's doing well. All right, great.
1: Uh, I got one Colorado question. Sure. What, what do you, I mean, before Dion, obviously, what happened to Colorado? Because that used to be the premier program, and all of a sudden it went to the bottom program real quick. Not real quick, yeah. but.
2: Yeah. Um. My opinion, I think uh, when it went to the Pac-12, um, I think the recruiting changed for it a little bit. And the reason I say that, when I went to Colorado, I was in the Big 12. And part of the reason I went there, um, because I wanted to go play in the Big 12. I wanted to play against Oklahoma and Texas. And at the time, those were you know two really good programs. Colorado was in the Big 12 championship the year before I got there. And so they got a lot of kids from California that didn't necessarily want to play in the Pac-12 but were, you know, highly recruited to go to the Big 12. They would also get a lot of really good kids from like Texas in the Midwest, you know, that maybe Texas and Oklahoma didn't recruit, but they could get some kids and talk them into going to Colorado over Baylor or over Texas Tech or some of the other kids schools in the Big 12, the Kansas schools. Um, so they had a real good uh, niche right there. Um, that's My opinion, you know, when when they went to the Pac-12, I just think it was hard for them to recruit against a lot of that Pac-12 talent, um, obviously Southern California schools, obviously what Oregon does, um, you know, with their facilities and things. The Arizona schools, how nice Arizona is. So I just thought it was a, a struggle for them to recruit against a lot of the Pac-12 schools. So um, that's my opinion on on what happened. And I think it, you know they didn't have a lot of great talent, and, and coaches weren't getting it done for a little while. So,
0: hey, oh, we I, I know some news that broke. I think was it yesterday the Aztecs. Tell me about Coach Gold, or the running, the San Diego State just hire a running back coach?
2: Yes, sir, yes, sir, Coach G. Um, tell coach tell Run- me about Gold. him. Yeah, so Coach Gold came from Stanford, been at Stanford like the last five or six years. He was the head coach at UC Davis before that, and then he was the running back coach at Cal for maybe 10, 10 to 12 years before that. So um, obviously Coach Horton retiring, he, you know, he, he's been a legend around here. He's produced a lot of great running backs, um, and Coach G is probably the only guy that we could have hired that could rival his kind of <laughs> resume as a coach. Um, you know, have, having coached Marshawn Lynch, Javid Best, all oh, wow. the, I mean, maybe seven Pro Bowl running backs that he's coached, um, and maybe ten to twelve total guys that went to the NFL. So, you know, he's, he's he's done a great job at the running back position. We're excited to have him here. So,
1: uh, as we wrap this up, I want—I got a question. Okay, well, tell us a little bit about Lucky Sutton, one of my favorite
2: players. Yeah, L- Lucky's doing a great job. Um, you know, he, he redshirted last year. He did get a couple of carries late in the season. Now you could still play, and if you play in less than four games, you can still count as a redshirt. So he did play in a couple of games for us late in the season, but it still counted as a redshirt. Um, you know, he's getting bigger, he's getting faster, he's getting stronger, um, and I'm excited to see what he does for us this spring and and going into the fall. Uh, I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm I'm hard on him because. Obviously, he played at Cathedral, and I played at Cathedral on running back, so had to work on some things, just getting is getting his pads down and and understanding how to transition from you know high school football to college. But I think he's he's grasping it, and I think he's going to be a good player for us.
0: You know, there's so, so much about people like the, they don't like to recruit from Cathedral because there are system running backs, and they pile up these impressive, massive yards, and but it's not a style of play that you see anywhere else at the collegiate level. Has that been a hindrance to him or is that all poppycock?
2: Um, I just I think every school does it different and I think every coach evaluates it different. Um, I know for us, if you can play, you can play, you know, I mean, we, we played against uh, a wide receiver. Who was uh, he's with the Packers now What's his name, Romeo Dubs, and he went to Nevada and he was the best receiver in the Mountain West Conference for about three years he played like the wing back in the wing tee. <laughs> so, and, he, and he probably should have went to, a, you know, top five school in the country. He ended up at Nevada and he was the, one of the best receivers I've ever seen in college. Um, so if you can play, but if you watch his high school film, he can play and he played basketball and he ran track and he played some defense. And, and so to me, the, the overall athleticism, that doesn't change no matter what scheme you're in. Um, so, you know, some, some schools factor that in a little more than others. I'm a little biased. I think it's actually easier when you get to the college level than the wing T because you got more space to see everything, right? In the wing T, you're right behind the quarterback. You right. get the ball, you got to make a cut and go. In college, you're five, seven yards back. You can see the whole picture develop a little better, and it's actually a little easier, in my opinion. That was my experience. So uh, I think it just depends on, you know, every school does it a little different. Can,
0: can, I, can I ask one last one? Yeah, yeah. Are yeah. you
2: done? Are you tapped out? I
1: was going to say, you can see it, but in college, was, those windows close a lot quicker. You, <laughs> you see them open, but they close a lot quicker.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Demetrius, as far as an uh, assistant coach, and you're recruiting, and somebody doesn't fit the parameters of a position, you were talking about height, weight, speed, but they, you just have that feeling in your gut that they can play. Who wins that argument? Because uh, one coach will say, no, 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 he doesn't fit the cookie cutter dimensions. But you push for him to play. How does that go? Then do you, for the entire career of that athlete, are you hoping to God he produces because you're, <laughs> your neck is on the line? And, and do you guys record that as far as, like, these eight kids I recruited, six of them played, two of them were terrible? Is, are you? Is there a metric for assistant coaches and re- recruiting coaches? that are you constantly being monitored about how you've done in the recruiting wars?
2: Absolutely. So we we track it all digitally. So we all, you know, we create, um, we create, it's, it's basically an online form we have, it's called ARMS. So if I go to recruit a kid I, and I grade him on everything, height, weight, speed, change of direction, athleticism, football intelligence, I track all those things. Then I write a summary of what I think about the kid. If, is he a kid that we should offer a scholarship? Is he a kid that maybe will be a scholarship kid for us, but we're not gonna offer yet. Is he a kid that I don't think could play at this level? So all that stuff is tracked and yes, yeah, so obviously, um, you know, recruiting coordinators and head coach, they go back and look at all those things and say, okay, these are the guys you brought in. What'd you say about this guy? Or we'll play a guy that's unbelievable. And it's like, why didn't we recruit that guy? Well, let's go back and look what we thought about this guy. Um, so definitely all that stuff is monitored. Oh, when man. it comes down to, yeah, when it comes down to, to, to small, you know, guys that don't meet the measurables, um, you will take some of those guys. Those are just, those are the exceptions. You know, like those are, we had Donnell Pumphrey, who was the GA for us. He just left. They haven't announced what school he's going to yet, but you guys will get that news here pretty soon. Um, but he left and, you know, people point to Donnell Pumphrey because Pumphrey's 5'9", 170 pounds. But I'm like, that's that's the exception, you know? And, right. you, and, you, and you, you can only, I guess from our perspective, you can only take so many of those. So if I'm taking three cornerbacks, I'm going to take two that are the size I want them. I can take a chance on a small guy, a five nine guy, because I got two other ones that are, you know, the size that that we feel that they should be. If I'm only taking one cornerback, I'm probably not taking a really small guy um, because I'm only taking one that class. Unless I feel like this guy is so electric, he's a game changer. I'm willing to stand on the table and, and take him. So that's kind of the method.
1: Well, You're way uh, over, as usual. Uh, this is your longest one. Yeah, season. all right. Uh, we're,
0: Demetrius, uh, we're turning this off. I'm going to get this posted. If I don't get it up today, it'll be posted tomorrow. Um, You're going to post the roller skate link? Yeah, of course. We're going to post right? uh, all sorts of <laughs> clips. And then on Thursday, we run it on Good Morning San Diego, and Brandon will run some of it on his sports cast. And before the weekend, you'll be getting some airtime. And I just want to thank you, young man, for uh, making time for us. I know... Uh, you got more important things to do than talk to Bert and I. It was greatly appreciated.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. And Coach Hope, before I came in here, Coach Hope told me to make sure to tell you guys hello. He's a big fan of the show. As we
0: are of him. So uh, he he made an appearance in, uh, from his office, and he didn't have to do that for us. So He's got a bigger office than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're,
2: oh, yeah, he's got a lot bigger
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, Demetrius. In three, two, one, turn off the machines. This podcast is over.